Before we get to the next episode of Five on the Floor on the Five Reasons Sports Network, I want to tell you about one of our newest sponsors here, and it's Magic City Casino. Alf and I are very excited for the high. That's not H-I-G-H. That's J-A-I for highlight at Magic City coming up this summer. The high is putting a brand new spin on a classic Miami experience featuring unbeatable drink specials, a live DJ, indoor lawn game area, live high lie, and so much more. The high is going to be Miami's newest hotspot on Friday and Saturday nights. Mark your calendars to live the high life that's starting on July 19th, and look for podcasts, this one and others in the network, at the high. And now, on with today's episode. All right, Alf, um, free agency is starting this week. We've gotten through the draft. Tyler Hero has been added is it Harrow or Hero? I keep screaming. I think it's Harrow. I think, I think it's Harrow. But I think the headline writers... Are there still headline writers? I don't know. The newspaper yeah. still exists? Uh, <laughs> sorry, I worked for it for 22 years. Uh, I, I, think think the, I think the writers write their own headlines now. I think. Well, they do. They yeah. do. Uh, yeah. People don't... Well, see, that's the funny thing, before we get to the episode, is that everybody always used to blame me for the headlines. And I used to get pissed off at what we call our desk, all the editors we used to have... For writing headlines they didn't like, and then they get mad at me for calling in because the players were getting angry about a headline that didn't fit the article. But now the writers actually do write most of the headlines. Yeah, they, they go on. There's no, there's no scapegoat anymore. Well, because there's no editors. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> sort of like, sort of like FiveReasonsSports.com, where the editor is basically someone texts me and says, "Hey, I got a story, and you want to read it? Now just post it." Yeah, okay. go ahead. As, as long as, as long as it doesn't go off on anybody, we don't libel, slander, any of that sort of stuff. We're fine. But we've got free agency coming up this week uh, after the draft. Um, I think Heat fans feel a little better about the draft pick than maybe they did at the time. Yeah, I think people are coming around to both draft picks, actually. Um, Wait, well, they didn't draft a second guy, right? Because oh, yeah. You can't um, talk about that guy. Until, what, July 6th, technically. Not July 6th. No, they did draft a second guy, Bobo. Well, Bobo, right. Yeah. He's going to be moved on. But the other guy, KZ Espali, he's, he's going to be with them on July 6th. It was explained to me today... Look, the Heat's not happy about it. A lot of teams are not happy about the fact that you got to wait to announce a guy. You can't even sort of have the guy on the floor with you. You can talk to him, though. You can plan. You just can't have him on the floor. Now, remember, Summer League starts July 5th. Actually, we just got credential today. I'm going to be out there July 5th to the 10th. Nikias Duncan from Heat Beat and Five Reasons, uh, Alex Toledo, and Jack Alfonso. We're going to have a crew of four out there doing podcasts. It'll be much bigger than any of the other outlets down here. Yeah. Covering, uh, covering Summer League, Tyler Hero, Hero Hero, will be out there. Trey Morning, Zoe's son, is going to cool. be out there. Uh, and also uh, Duncan Robinson and Yante Maton will be on the team in addition to you never know who they're going to find. But we've kind of moved past this stage now of the draft. We're waiting on KZ's announcement, which again will come July 6th. But it was explained to me today that the teams kind of understand it. The reason is because you need the players, the, the veteran players, like a TJ Warren and others, to officially move, and the cap space has to be clear for them to do it. Because remember, the, the moratorium ends on July 6th. It starts the night of the 29th of June, but it ends July 6th. And so that needs to be settled before those veterans can move, and therefore the draft picks can't officially move. That's It, it makes – you understand it from a – they need um, to fix it. <laughs> logistical standpoint, but it's we're all sitting here playing pretend, and it's kind of stupid. Right, but. right, exactly. But he'll be added to it, and they obviously have high hopes for him. And we'll be out, you know, we'll be able to see him in summer league. He might not be as acclimated as as Tyler will be, but we'll see him the last few days of summer league. But we're moving on to free agency here, and we talked about Jimmy Butler in the last podcast. There are other veteran guys out there we can talk about, but what I really want to talk about today are the current Heat players. And not just in the context of what they're going to do in the next three months or the next four months or whatever, 
But what is the best case scenario for their futures with the Heat? Who has a future with the Heat? And what is that? So we're going to go quickly through some of these players. And we're going to start with the first one, uh, who I think is the one that Heat fans are most interested in because you have an opinion about him strongly one way or the other, which is Justice Winslow. Yeah. And so I will say to this to you, Alf, best case scenario for Justice Winslow's future with the Heat? Uh, best case scenario for his future, immediate future, um, I'd really like to see this season him playing 30 to 35 minutes every single night, maybe even more, maybe 35 to 40. Um, I want him to play the starting point guard position. I want the ball in his hand. I want him making decisions. I want him running the pick and roll. Um, I want him being a secondary, uh, second or third option, scoring, um, po- uh, posting up at the three-point line. He can shoot. Um, he's shown that the last uh, last couple of years, well, especially thirty eight percent over the last two years. From yeah, three, and you and can't he, his volume doubled this exactly. Year. And he and the more confident he more confidence he plays with, the better player he is. So you can't get that confidence out of Justice when Goran is hanging over his shoulder. Mm-hmm. Where at the, at the first sign of a mistake, Goran, uh, Justice is out of there and trusts the old Goran is back in. Um, so. For his future, I believe that Justice is can be the starting point guard on this team for years to come. Now, let's say there's a, a chance to get one of these, you know, primetime point guards out there, then you have to make a decision. But for right now, with what the Heat have on their roster, Justice is, to me, the best option for the point guard of the future. Well, I think what you see is, that, you know, you need multiple ball handlers, right? So I think sometimes we do get a little too caught up in is he playing point guard or not. This is a complicated one for me because personally, as a human being, Goran is my favorite person on the roster. Um, And I also value him as a player. And I think he's done good work here. I think he's put in the effort here. He's acclimated to Miami. That contract has not proven to be a bad contract. Okay. It's probably been proven to be a a, a probably fair value contract. Okay. It might have turned out to be more if Chris Bosch doesn't get sick the same day that they acquire Goran. Um, one of the things that you know we sometimes forget is that Goran was projected to be the top free agent that upcoming year when they got him. Yep. So when people talk about, you know, he's third team All NBA. When people talk about, uh, you know, that he hasn't gotten a whale, and Goran's not a whale. He's not an orca. Okay, as Pat <laughs> says, he's going after now. But he's not a guppy either. Right? He he was a significant get for the organization. You can argue about whether they paid too much, but at the time they were going for what they perceived to be a kill shot in terms of making themselves the primary contender to Cleveland and LeBron in the Eastern Conference. And if Bosch had stayed healthy and Dwayne had gotten his body the way it got later in his career, mm-hmm. that might have been the case with those those guys and Whiteside as your core. Because I think Hassan with that team might have fit better than he's fit with other teams because I think he would have been kept in line a little bit more. But I, going back to justice here, I agree with you about everything you're saying because I think one of my concerns about the way that the Heat have at least publicly – I don't know what they're doing privately – the way they've publicly approached Justice this offseason is kind of like, yeah, we're going to figure it out with him. And I just think we're past the stage of figuring it out with him. Like, I think we saw last year that he's not, at least on offense, like, you don't want him playing undersized four. Like, this is, no, we're, we're past no. that point. He needs, he needs to have the ball in his hands. And, like I said, aggressive, confident Justice Winslow is the best Justice Winslow for this team. Right. Right? And so... This being wishy-washy about his position, um, you know, keep to have him keep having to prove himself over and over. I just don't think that's a tack to take. He has, and we've talked about this before, of all the young guys on the Heat, he has the closest to what you would call an alpha dog mentality. 
But if, he needs. But he needs. But you're right, though. It's not alpha dog like a Chris Paul, Jimmy Butler, no. LeBron alpha dog personality. It's an alpha. It's, it's an alpha. There's an alpha personality in there. Mm-hmm. But it's like he needs to feel comfortable letting it out. And he. And that's what I'm saying. If the more doubt you put into his head. The the harder it is going to, is going to be to get that Justice Winslow uh, the the correct Justice Winslow out of him right so if you can position him as a leader on this team um, which I think they need to then I think that's what you're going to get out of him he will be the leader of the team but the more that he, more that his position and his standing within the team is questioned or it's it's up in the air and they're wishy-washy about it i think it just go it's just a detriment to him and his overall game all right so let's so my, my best case scenario for him uh, is that we're talking about him next year as and all as a most improved candidate uh, that you're looking at this over this next year where he's giving you you know 15 5 and 6 or 15 5 and 5 Shooting, you know, in the mid to high 40s, shooting again 36 to 38 percent from three, and playing the kind of defense that he can play. I think, and then you're saying the next year, maybe with another year in the role, that he's an all star candidate. Like, to me, that's best projections. Let's yeah, let's see, let's see 18, six, and six out of him in two years, and I'd be happy. Exactly. All right, so let's get to Goran then quickly. Uh, you know, best case scenario for Goran, I think there are really two, two best case scenarios. One is, if you're going to trade him, I hope he goes somewhere where he can play on a contender. I think he deserves that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think we saw that his sort of breakout with Phoenix came against San Antonio in the fourth quarter. I want him to have those kind of moments. He had some of those kind of moments in the playoffs for the Heat, um, where I think he showed his toughness, even though even times he wasn't playing well. So that's one scenario that, to me, would make me happy for Goran. The other one, though, is can you transition Goran into a player who can do basically what Dwayne was doing for you last year? 1,000%. To me... I, I, in this conversation, I'm taking all trades off the table. I'm talking about if these guys are here uh, for the next. For Goran, it'll be one more year, and then uh, unless he resigns um, after 2020, and you know, in a much more team friendly, lower cost deal. Um, but I'm looking at it as okay, Goran in two, uh, 2019, 2020 season. I would like to see Goran exactly what you're talking about, coming off coming off the bench in that Dwayne Wade role. Uh, 15, 18, 20 minutes a game max, keep him healthy, mm-hmm. right? Because part of the problem where you get this, uh, you get this uncertainty, uncertainty, un- un- uncertainty, this inconsistency with Goron and Justice is the amount of injuries the two have had over the past mm-hmm. couple of years, where you've never really seen them for a consistent period of time playing together. I would like to see Goran, like you said, in that bench role, 15, 18, 20 minutes a game, keep him healthy, um, keep, just maximize him where, you know, you're not worried about his legs in the middle of the fourth quarter because that was a, it was an issue. Um, those games where he was playing over 30 minutes a game, you were worried about his legs in the right. fourth quarter. He almost, he almost looked like he didn't have anything left, and that's when Dwayne would take over. There's no Dwayne this year. Right. So if you gas Goran for the first three quarters and you need a score to finish a game, Goran is probably still your best score on the roster. Um, if, you know, him and Dion maybe 1A and 1B, um, especially, you know, in, in tight one-on-one isolation situations, right? So keep him healthy, keep him energized, and, keep, and put him on the bench. And I, I know probably for a guy like Goran, a seasoned vet, it's probably not the greatest move in the world. But come on, we have to be able to convince these guys well, we just that saw they're Dwayne, not exactly the we just saw Dwayne. We just saw Dwayne do it, right? Yeah, so, if Dwayne so can do it for the Miami Heat, that anybody, anybody can. This guy here, before we go to a break, Josh Richardson. And 
And to me, the best case scenario for Josh Richardson is allowing him to find his role. And I, he was force-fed a role last year that didn't seem to fit him from a personality standpoint. And I know why they did it. Um, they were tr- First thing, they were trying to see if he had it. Second, they didn't really have a lot of other options because Dion was gone. And again, they didn't know what Dwayne was going to provide. And Dwayne was not the future in that regard. And they were also shopping Josh. I mean, maybe not actively shopping Josh, but open to the possibility of potentially trading Josh in the right circumstance. And so there was a little bit of a showcase there. This year, what I really want to happen is I want Josh to settle in in one role, all right, and to get back to being a two-way, dynamic, complementary player. He's not a lead guy. It's not his personality. It's not his game. We talk a lot about the personality, but to be a lead guy, you've got to be able to get yours off the dribble consistently mm-hmm. when things break down, and we just know that that's, that's not a great fit you know, for Josh in that scenario. So... So to me, it's, it's can you get him back to his role? Now, as far as statistical, you know, if Josh was giving you 13 points, okay, he's not never going to be a big rebound guy or a big assist guy. But giving you 13 points, getting back up in the high 30s from three, mm-hmm. and playing that kind of dynamic wing defense that he can play where he can switch, he can guard multiple positions – like, that's fine. Like, I don't need to see 20-point-per-game Josh Richardson. I don't. Like, that, you, it's never going to be an efficient thing for him. But I think as a complementary piece, as a 3-and-D player, those players are hard to find. They're paid well. Why can't he be one of those guys for the Heat? And I actually think he could be more than just 3-and-D um, because he can score mm-hmm. in the lane. He can finish around. He's a better finisher than Justice is. Right. Um, well, better than... Justice was. Justice got better. As Justice got better, but he's still a better finisher than right. Justice. Problem is, he can't get to the rim as consistently as Justice can. So, what I would like to see from Josh going forward is, I think he could be more than thirteen points a game. I think he's a sixteen to eighteen point a game guy. Four and four, that's fine. Sixteen, four and four from uh, Josh, and I'll be super happy. But like you're saying, he's not. Uh, he doesn't have that alpha personality. He is a secondary. Third, fourth option. I would like to see him play off the ball as much as possible. His best times on the court is when he does not have a ton of responsibility offensively. He's a smart kid. We know he might be one of the smartest players on the team. I'm talking about just, you know, an everyday IQ sense. But on the floor, he doesn't make the best decisions with the ball all the time. And asking him to do that on a consistent basis is just not smart. Well, I think he rushes. I I think he rushes. And I think Justice used to rush. And the biggest difference I saw with Justice this past year was the Dwayne influence on him where everything is done at his pace. And that did not used to be the case mm-hmm. with Justice. And watching, it's different when you see Justice live. I, I, when I caught some games live at the end of the year, and you just watch Justice, and sort of the way he's viewing the floor, and that he's moving at his own speed, I'm not going to say he's going to be James Harden. I'm not saying he's going to be Ron Artest or Kawhi or Jimmy Butler, any of the comparisons that were made. But the thing that Harden does better than anybody, and I hate watching him play, but everything is at James Harden's pace. He brings you down to his pace. He and so and other players don't know what to do with that defensively. And I felt like Justice was starting to set up guys. The biggest thing that Dwayne did to stay relevant his last three four years was he set guys up. Mm-hmm. 
And Justice started to do some of that. And so I just don't know that Josh has that in him. I would say Josh is way more reactionary. Yes. And when it comes to the two players. So Josh is the kind of off-ball guy when he just sees an opening, can cut, get to the rim, finish. That doesn't – you don't want that guy with the balls, ball in his hand setting up the offense, mm-hmm. right? Because he's waiting for something to happen instead of dictating the pace like you're saying that Justice does. Right. Justice dictates. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. What's the first thing you'd do if you had an extra hour in your day? Go for a run, take a nap, maybe check the stats of the latest Miami Heat game? I've got a better idea. A lot of us spend our lives wishing we had more time. The question is time for what? If time was unlimited, how would you use it? The best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what's important to you and make it a priority. Therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. I've benefited from therapy. I went through some life changes, major life events, had some difficulties, wasn't a believer in therapy, but it helped me and it can help you also. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. So learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash Miami Heat today to get 10% off your first month. Again, that's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash Miami Heat. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Tates everything. And that's why I want to see him in the... With, I, want him, I want him to be more aggressive this year. I want him to be... I want him to say every time down the floor, I'm the one... Dictating the pace here. I don't have to share with JJ. I don't have to share with Dion. I don't have to share with Gone. I don't have to share with Dwayne. This is my team. The ball's in my hands. This is my offense. All right, so let's get to one more here before the break, and that's Bam Adebayo. We've talked about him a lot on previous pods, so I don't want to spend too much time here. But to me, the biggest thing with Bam Adebayo and his future is he needs the minutes. Uh, I mean, we could talk because to me, you extrapolate his numbers and the way they play with him in terms of their plus minus and per 100 possessions and it's just if you just extrapolate the numbers like he doesn't even have to improve no he just, he, he will he will because of the type of kid he is and because of the type of program they had but if you just got him to 28 to 33 consistently in terms of minutes he's going it's going to project and people are like oh he blew up and you're like no he didn't blow up he just he just got more time on the floor um to me again a lot of this is dependent on somebody we'll talk about after the break but if you can get him 28 to 32 this year and he can get you 13 and 8 and a couple of blocks and shoot the kind of percentage that he shoots while showing you a little bit more from range and all the things he does in terms of switching, I think then Heat fans are going to look and be like, wow. Like, I, like Bam is the one guy, and more so than Justice, that I think like the rest of the league this year might look at, and this is the way the Heat feel, by the way, and be like, where the hell did that come from? Yeah. And because you're looking at guys like, you know, John Collins in Atlanta, I think if you just switch situations for John Collins and Bam, 
they're putting up the numbers that the others are in those situations. And it's not exactly looter and a riot. It's just more opportunity, right? right? And that's why I, I'm, I harp on it so much that these guys need the playing time. You said, what, 28 to 32? I want to see Bam at 35 minutes. I don't think he's getting there this year. He, I, I, I just think with their, with their glutted center, unless they can remove it, there's no way for him to get my, past I, I was, but, And I maybe, I maybe I'm thinking, coming at it from a different direction. I, I'm so tired of the glut at different positions. Mm. I'm tired of making these excuses of these guys. Certain guys have to play. I don't care what your contract is. I agree. I said all, well, my, my line all year was play the kids, not the contracts. It, but, but it's again, how do you navigate that? With what they currently have, and we'll talk talk about that after. I mean, you can. You, to me, you navigate it just fine. You you ha- you have what is the future, and you have what is the past. Mm-hmm. These guys, the, the the veterans on this team, are in the last one or two years of their contract. Mm-hmm. I know they want to showcase, but you know what? Showcasing your eighteen to twenty minutes a game, the the Heat need to be forward thinking, and they need to be focusing on where their franchise is going to be two, three, four, five years from now. And I think they are. I, and, I, I think they are. I think they get it. They've been in accumulation phase. They've been in this phase at other times over the course of, you know, if you look at, you know, they had an accumulation phase kind of up through Dwayne's drafting, right, with Karan 2000, Dwayne. Like 2001, 2003. They had another accumulation phase. Okay, I, I think if – I mean, they've had a few of them, Okay. Where they sort of they do this build, okay, and then they have a piece that they can move, uh, or a piece that they're going to keep, or a piece that they build around. They don't really know which is going to be which until you see. You know, there's a Riley phrase. You know, you know, you, you don't know you have a you know a team until you have a team. Yeah, like it, it, it's you know, there's a lot of expressions like that. But I just think that when you look at Bam, to me, if you don't come out of this season giving him the 30 minutes. Let's just make that the bar, okay? If he doesn't come out, then this season, at least in terms of his development, is a failure. Like, he has to get those minutes. But they know that. Like, yeah. we're not telling them anything they don't know. It's just, how do you get to that? And it's not just Bam on the floor having minutes. It's Bam with a higher usage rate, right? right? It's Bam. Bam makes very good decisions with the ball in his hand, right? And um, one of the things that we knock Hassan Whiteside for, whether justly or unjustly, is that he doesn't know how to pass out of a double team. Mm. Uh, he does not pass out of the post. I, I don't think it's that he doesn't know. Or he doesn't I, want I, to. I, 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 yeah, I, I think it's just not a priority for well, him. Well, whether, whether it is or whether it isn't, what, that's one of the biggest knocks on right. uh, Hassan. Bam can pass out of the high post or low Once post. To. And he wants to, and he's good at it. Right. He's, that's why him and Kelly play together, because they have a nice little two-man low post right. game. Right. We never saw that with Hassan. And... If you have Bam on the floor, it's not to be any secondary piece next to another big. I think he's the one that can actually dictate some of the offense. Well, you can run offense for bigs these days. I mean, and a lot of teams do that. And what's funny, though, one thing, and we're going to go to break here, but one thing, you look at, uh, we talk a lot about the comparison of Clint Capella. And as we're speaking here, the Rockets are trying to dump Clint Capella. They're, they're trying to clear the cap space with Capella and Gordon. So I don't think the Heat view Bam that way. I actually think Bam's upside is higher than Capella's. I think there's more he can potentially Bam is do. Gonna be, Bam is going to be a better offensive player than, than Clint, Clint Capella. I agree with that. All right. We'll be right back uh, to talk about Derek Jones Jr. and Kelly Olenek and a couple of the other veterans. But first, I want to welcome back one of our great partners here. It's Doral Toyota, which, like us, is pure South Florida. Doral Toyota, you can find all of your favorite Toyota models, whether you're looking for a new, used, or certified pre-owned vehicle. Doral Toyota is located at 9775 Northwest 12th Street. That's 9775 Northwest 12th Street, just a few blocks from International and Dolphin Malls. Experience the Doral difference, which means four years of complimentary maintenance and roadside assistance on all new vehicles. 
Holdings, in-house financing available for credit-related issues. Also, if you mention the Five Reasons Sports Network or the Five on the Floor podcast, when you call 305-680-1129 or come in, you'll work directly with a dedicated manager, not a salesperson, unlike other dealers. Dural Toyota prides itself in an honest and transparent buying process. That's Dural Toyota, DuralToyota.com, or stop in at 9775 Northwest 12th Street. Vamos. Let's go. All right, let's go on to two more players here, and then we're going to quickly go through some of the other bets. Best case scenario for Derek Jones Jr.? Derek Jones Jr., um, sixth man of the year, best case scenario. Um, it's not going to happen. But um, I, I know there's a lot of Heat fans that want to see Derek Jones Jr. start. I don't think so. I think you start Kelly Olenek and Bam together. Uh, with Derek Jones Jr., um, he can be – but now maybe not six man of the year, but six man of the year for the Heat. I think he should be the first guy off the bench. Um, I think he can continue to make strides defensively. One-on-one defense, he's not the best. I think he can get there because he has a lateral quickness and the length. Um, team defense, I think he's already there. It can improve even more. Offensively, I need to see the handles get a little bit better, and I'd like to see him be more consistent from three. He consistently says this. He was, um, he, they had an event the other day, and Alex Toledo from uh, Heat Beat It From Five Reasons was there, and he caught a quote with, with him saying that if they disrespect him from three, they're going to learn quickly that he's a knockdown well, three-point well, shooter. Well, he said that on the pod with us, And he too. said that to us He last. said that to us, too, but afterwards his three-point percentage went down a little bit. He, he's got, he doesn't have to be knocked down. That he's five got, reasons curse is yeah, something else. Uh, well, we do it to everybody. <laughs> but but I, if he was in the 33 to 35% range with a little bit of volume, I think you're fine with that. I, I think the bigger thing is, and our Nikias Duncan harps on this a lot, is the handle. Uh, because until he develops like something of it, I mean, people get on Josh for his handle. But Josh's world's better than Derek right now. Like, if Derek, that's that is what they have to work on with him. Um, you know, I know there's been some comparisons. I made a comparison to him on the pod. A little bit of Sean Marion. I don't think he's got that kind of upside. But to me, a guy who's a runner um, but can also make a three. His shot looks better than Sean's ever did. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, who can sometimes make a three. But to me, the key for him is what you're saying. It's the defensive end. He has the biggest variance. I think, between where he came to the Heat as a defender and where he can get to. Because the raw material is there. Yep. He was never going to get to it in a place like Phoenix. Sorry. Okay? And no, no disrespect to James Jones as the GM there, but the culture in Phoenix is not such that he was going to get there. I think here he can get there. They see it. If he can become a premium defender who's a high-flying rim runner... Okay, who also can get you to 33 to 35% from three, you have a really valuable piece, and you have somebody who can be a difference maker in the playoffs as a sixth or seventh man. So that's kind of how I see it. Right, let's get to Kelly Olenek uh, here. Biggest thing for me is figure out, if you're, if you're paying him what you're paying him, and I don't have a problem with the contract, it's fine, but as I said in our previous pod, if you're paying what you're paying him, get him back to what he does best. All right? Which is, you know, the dribble handoff stuff, okay? Letting him get comfortable as a spot three guy. Um, he's never going to be a great defender, but he's a positional defender. I think he's fine, all right? And I don't think he's going to regress a whole bunch. But this is the same thing. We're going to get to the veterans in a second. This is the same thing. Like, he needs to be playing either the five or the four with Bam. Like, playing him next to Hassan. No. Yeah. It does not work. It, it, it doesn't. And they know, I think they know this. They know what the numbers are. I mean, we look, when we look at Synergy, okay, or we look, we look at NBA.com you know, slash the stats site, 
Like, they know. They know what the numbers are. And I just don't think having Hassan and Kelly out there together is... You can't get out to shooters. No. Uh, you're going to get beat too often. And it's just not a great fit. If it's not Kelly and Bam, there should not be two bigs on the floor at any time for this team. Um, and I don't even... You know, James Johnson should be the next big if you're talking about a big, right? Um, when, when If it's not Bam and Kelly, like I said, those are the only times two bigs should be on the floor. To me, Kelly is your starting center, power forward. I don't know which... I don't care which, which way you flip it with him and Bam, but Bam, Kelly needs to start. This offense is better when, with Kelly on the floor. Their and, numbers are better, just generally. And he's Kelly's not a detriment to the defense, especially if Bam is there to, rec- to, to cover any of his mistakes. Well, that's the problem. See, that's why you can't play him with Hassan consistently. Because no, but, Hassan's not... Hassan will cover for Kelly at the rim, but in terms of rotations or anything else with the defense... You're totally out of sorts. And here's my biggest thing with this team. Without Dwayne Wade, with Goron has taken maybe one to maybe one and a half steps back as far as just speed, quickness, getting to the rim. Mm -hmm. With you not knowing what you're going to get from Dion on a consistent basis, Mm -hmm. this team needs to manufacture points. Right? So it can't just be you don't have the star out there that's just going to go get you 35 a game. You have to have smart players that are going to make the right decisions at the right time. So the more you play the guys like Justice, Bam, and Kelly Olynyk, the better your offense is going to be. If you go away from that and you start relying on guys like Josh Richardson, Deion Waiters, Goron to get you buckets all the time, it's going to be a long season, especially on the offensive Well, the other thing is none of those guys draw fouls. So, so you can't get easy ones, and, and that's, that's a big part of the problem. All right, well, we'll get right back. Uh, in a second, we're going to cover the three veterans at once and talk about which of the three of them has a chance to actually be part of the future. But first, I want to talk about another of our sponsors, that's Seltzer Mayberg, the attorneys at Seltzer Mayberg. You can find them at onecalllegal.com. That's onecalllegal.com or call 1-855-5000-LAW. That's 1-855-5000-LAW. They handle cases including but not limited to car accidents, slip and falls, and traffic tickets. And they've got a new 15,000-square-foot office on I-95 in North Miami. We share that office with them, actually, so you can come say hello, and they'll handle cases from all over the state. Call now with 24-7 service for a free consultation. That's onecalllegal.com, 1-855-5000-LAW. All right, let's do this at once, Alf, as we wrap. Hassan Whiteside, Dion Waiters, James Johnson. Of those three, who's the most likely to have a future with the Miami Heat? Beyond just until you can trade one of them. (laughs) (laughs) Um, My heart says James Johnson because James Johnson is such a culture guy. They love James. He could take on a new Udonis role. He just can't have as big of a role on the court that Udonis had in his years here. Um, but he's a good. I think he's a good locker room guy. He's a good guy to have on the team, just in case there's a fight on the court and kick anybody's <laughs> ass. Um, he's a good guy to have around. Um, but I just see the inconsistency in his play, and it and it kind of it just gives me pause. My head says Dion Waiters. Mm. If Dion Waiters is in shape, if Dion Waiters is aggressive, if Dion Waiters is playing for another contract, which he is at this point. Mm. Um, Dion could be their best player off the bench. I'd like to see it be Derrick Jones Jr., but if Dion Waiters can get back to any semblance of what he was during 30 and 11, um, that he it's a really good uh, there's a really good chance that he can be one of their top scorers this year, even from the bench, just because 
his three point shooting last year was not bad at all. No, it was good. The second half of the season. Especially that second half of the season. Too damn many, though. I, too damn many. And, and, and I don't know why it is he stopped going to the rim completely, unless, again, he was not in the kind of shape. I don't think he do was that. in shape, but if you look at his workout videos right now that he's posting on Instagram, he looks like he looks like 30 and 11 Dion again. Right. And I, listen, I've had my heart broken by Dion Waiters before, <laughs> so I'm not getting my hopes up. I think he, I think when he is right, he it can is the best scorer on this team. When he's not right, he can be the biggest detriment to the offense of anybody on the roster. Right. So I mean, I'm including and the bench guys. No, no, I agree. No, he, he he's look, he, he's you either love him or you hate him, and as a player, and it often depends on the possession. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, the, right. the, the, I mean, the real answer to this is none of them, but it's definitely not Hassan. I mean, they're done with Hassan. Uh, from it. And, and I don't think Hassan played badly last year, and I, I think he fit in in a lot of ways. But they're just done because they've got a player in Bam that they just view as more part of the future as they should. Um, you know, as far as James Johnson goes, I'm going to say JJ only because if if JJ can get back, like I don't think JJ has, unlike the other two, I don't think he's done anything to annoy them. Right? Like I don't know for sure. Maybe he has, but I don't feel like they're necessarily blaming him in any way for his situation. As much as Pat defends Dion, it, it rings kind of hollow because you kind of know what was going on behind the scenes. With J.J., I mean, he does talk about the hernia. Uh, he, he talks about kind of, you know, not getting sort of back the way he wanted to get back. But I do, I think if, if I was to say one of them, like at the end of his contract and you say whatever the, the, the cap is at the time, hey, I'll give this guy $3 million to stick around. Like I think J.J. is a guy they would be okay with sticking around. Definitely. But, but, but I don't think any of the three of them figure into the future in any significant way. I and think I, if, it's, if it's J.J., it's like, okay, he's an 11th man, which is what he always really should have been. And you just pay him that way. You're and I also pay. think Dion at two years, $24 million, mm-hmm. might be the most attractive. Oh, of uh, those three, he's the uh, most attractive yeah. piece. Until Hassan's contract is just like, okay, we just, we just want to clear space. And, and, and At the trade deadline, uh, yeah, Hassan and, might be the most, uh, most attractive piece. All right, we'll have more podcasts uh, coming up. Obviously, free agency starts this weekend. So if there's any major news, we'll react to it. Also, I'm going to be a guest on WSBN 7 on Sunday at about 11.30 p.m. to discuss some of this. If you have thoughts on the podcast and other directions you want us to go, uh, definitely let us know, and we'll talk to you soon. 31, 32. I think... Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.